This is The Verse, a weekly dive into the cinematic universes and beyond. We'll dissect the latest episodes, films, and news all fans from veterans to news are dying to know more about. Now, here's our team of pop culture superheroes we call The Verse Squad. Welcome to The Verse. Welcome back to The Verse, the podcast that has a midi-chlorian count of over 20,000. Even Master Yoda doesn't have a count that high. This episode, I will attend to my fourth The Verse LASIK session for my Star Wars blind spot. Get it? LASIKs? Blind. Anyway, uh, can someone remind me this is four of how many? Well, are we doing the... Oh, 12 movies, yes. Okay. The movies, 12. No shows, because otherwise you have plenty to digest, yes. Oh my god. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> 12? 12. There there are 12 total Star Wait. Wars films. You're now you already watched the original trilogy. You just watched the first of the prequels. You're a third of the way through. Oh my god. And we got Dr. Bridget Brogan BS complaining about how I haven't watched 3-4 hour movies. <laughs> anyway, we're going back to the future. Sorry, back to a galaxy far far away. For the Star Wars prequel, The Phantom Menace. We also have some exciting cinematic universe news to check in on, but before we do, let's meet the team. I'm Lucas. I'm Norm. I'm Bridget. Dr. Bridget. B.S. I'm Gronsworth. Are we done yet? Grow up. (laughs) I'm Gronsworth. And I'm Emilia. And this is The Verse News where we bring you the latest in TV, film, pop culture, and superhero news from across the cinematic universes and beyond. So let's see what the Verse Squad's come up with this week. So uh, I feel like I really just want to go first, because uh, I, I don't think we can stop you. About today. Okay, good. Awesome. I was not going to let anyone anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so since we were talking about Star Wars today, The Phantom Menace, uh, there's been an exciting new addition to the cast uh, of Ahsoka, which is going to be one of the next series coming to Disney Plus, and that is Natasha Lou. I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Bordizo, Bordizo. I'm Sounds not Italian. sure. Yes, uh, and she's going to be playing Sabine Wren in the Ahsoka series. And if you guys don't know who Sabine is, she is a character that was introduced in Star Wars Rebels. Rebels. That's why I don't know yeah. her. I've never seen. She's Rebels. a Mandalorian. She is How a Mandalorian. Awesome. Yep, and I am, of course, like every other casting announcement that's been announced in the past couple months, super pumped for this one. And also, this is full confirmation that this character is going to be returning into the Star Wars. So, universe, have they which started is, I think, shooting? What I'm more excited about. Or is this still in pre-production? No, it it's appear still they're pe- still pre-pro. casting. Okay. It's still casting, and so other casting so far, not much. But uh, Rosario Dawson is going to be reprising her role Love as Ahsoka, it. as we saw in the Mandalorian season two. And Hayden Christensen is confirmed to be playing Anakin, Anakin Skywalker in this series. So Anakin, not Darth Vader. Which which so... means flashbacks. Right. But I, if I could see some real life or live action flashbacks between Ahsoka and Anakin. Yeah. Wow. My, my Clone Wars dreams are just beyond coming true. So it, I'm very it, excited for this. In which case, I, I would assume that Rosario Dawson actually won't be snips in those. Um, no, those I scenes. think that'll be played by a younger version of her. A younger yeah, version of her? 
which has not been an obviously has not that has not been announced yet but uh they might not have casted it yet i mean they might not have casted it and i mean I'm so much more excited for this series. They could be CGIing too, so who knows, honestly. Oh yeah, de-aging. But I'm so much more excited for this season or this series as well as the Obi Wan series than the Book of Boba Fett one, which maybe means I'll be completely blindsided and enjoy Boba Fett. But it's like I'm not not very excited for Boba Fett, the Book of Boba Fett. I am not a Boba Fett fan. I never bought into the fanfare. I know we've talked about this. We talked about this. I've never bought into the fanfare of that character. Uh, I mean, I love the casting, I love the characters, and it's a spinoff of The Mandalorian, which is a phenomenal, just a phenomenal television series. So, I mean, I, I mean, I know I'm going to, I'll probably enjoy it. And it's it, going to be the baddies. We get to follow, yeah. like, the bad guys as heroes, which I always yeah, kind of Yeah, and also, to. too, this is a part, a timeline, I guess you should say, a timeline in the Star Wars universe that we have not encountered yet. Yeah. Because, I mean, Star Wars, you know, you start, it's, we're, we've been back and forth so many times, mm-hmm. and, you know... So Emilia, could she watch this, or, yeah. or is she like because of her blind spots, she's not allowed to dig into any of these new shows? I've heard. Actually, from let other me rephrase. That I can. I was going to ask, do you even have interest in watching them? First of all, at the moment, no. There's <laughs> just so much. She yeah. she could dive into probably Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, I would assume Ahsoka. She would have to wait. I would say once you watch. The original movie. Once you watch the movies, I would say definitely you can. Then she's ready watch to go. Yeah. Definitely good to watch the Mandalorian. In order to really truly appreciate, I would say Ahsoka, you'd have to watch the Clone Wars series. You at least watch like the first season because, or at least some episodes movie, to understand. Even the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, well, that's one of the twelve. So uh, there's one as well. So you will be watching that, but. Her character development in that series is huge. Yeah, like, she's her, the best part of the series the for me. Of it. Like yeah. she's the star of the series, so uh, I don't know. But especially where she know, ends in the series. I, I could see about, myself talk about shocker, but anywho's yeah. I could see myself getting into uh, the Mandalorian just because I've heard so much about it. Like people, it, it seems there seems to be a pretty wide consensus that people enjoy this a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and it's all like that. new characters for the most part. So it's not like you're not gonna. Yes, they do bring in characters from other movies and series, but like it's very easy to understand. Yeah, and you don't have to have any pre knowledge to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you watch the first trilogy, the um, New Hope trilogy, then you're fine, which you already have. So you could watch it that at any time. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Should we move on to who else has got news? I mean, we got to talk about. The last trailer for Spider-Man: No Way Home that came out, right? I mean, we can't. Do I have to watch it for the series? Uh, yeah, the full show? disclosure: I haven't seen it because I I feel like it's going to ruin a lot of things. No, I'm avoiding it. Thank you, Emily. I'm avoiding it because I want to see the movie. <laughs> they um, they didn't yeah. ruin a lot of things. Um, people are doing the thing that they did with Endgame with the the credit uh, the trailers there like oh notice there's like a a blank space here and you would never have a blank space there if you're making an actual film so therefore that means this or that and people are jumping still at shadows and i'm still holding off every single discussion of a spider-verse type thing so without that but we did get you know a little bit better of a look at uh the green goblin we got a better look at uh uh the lizard we got a better look at Electro, which, by the way, thank God they're still not doing 80s Electro because that was the absolute worst thing you've ever seen. <laughs> look it up. 
just god awful ugly. Are you referring to the lightning bolt? Mask? Yeah, with the the, the 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 sun mask. <laughs> I do believe I saw a shot of him wearing that in the new film. No, no, it's there, but like at least it looks like it's it's uh it's actually lightning instead of just like a plastic on mask that looks as stupid as it can. <laughs> I'm looking at the like action figures and like stills from the animated series. You're talking about this uh this this Starface the, thing? The green and the Starface thing, yeah. Yeah, pretty 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 ridiculous, right? <laughs> After watching uh DC's new Suicide Squad movie that really takes on a new <laughs> meaning. <laughs> well, I mean and and the funny thing is is it can you looking at that picture, can you take him as a very serious villain that like you ha- would need to fear? Um, no, but that's kind of how I feel like a lot of DC Universe villains are. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but anyways, the, uh, the trailer came out. It looks, it still looks fantastic. It gives a little bit more of a vibe on Doctor Strange that people are still throwing the Mephesto um, shadows oh, out there. Yeah, I... I didn't, I would say I didn't read too much into this trailer. You know, I would just say it was a more in-depth version of with the villains than the first trailer that we saw. It's just, you know, further confirmation that, yes, all the villains from all the Spider-Man movies that we've seen are coming back into this film. I am still excited. I have to, though. I ha- still have to watch the second Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, and I still need to watch the original trilogy with Tobey Maguire. I have to watch those before I go into this, because... I haven't I haven't seen that original trilogy trilogy and I think I said this a couple weeks ago like probably in 10 years at least it's, it's been like a decade since I've seen them just, so just just need to brush to, up on my knowledge just remember to watch Toby 3 last oh last well duh I gotta watch it in order yeah. <laughs> well that's if that's the case then you have to watch Andrew Garfield last release order yeah yeah. Well, I already had I watched I ha, I happened to just be watching the first Amazing Spider-Man a couple weekends ago I just watched it with my sister, so I gotta watch the second one. Also, I've never seen Venom, so I gotta put that on the to-do list. Venom is surprisingly here. fun. Like it's, yeah. I'd hold it over, you know, a lot of other mid-range superhero movies. Yeah. So we got a lot of we got a lot of Spidey to catch up on the yes. next few weeks. <laughs> well, for my news, uh, I just want to mention that Amazon has released a new show, Wheel of Time, based off of uh, Robert Jordan's fourteen-episode novel series that uh, like i think it was something like 11, over 11,000 pages total uh so if you don't feel like reading all the books you should maybe check out the series uh, i think they dropped the first couple episodes um and i'm a little too close to the material i actually have a interview with uh Rafe Judkins who is the uh showrunner on Awards Radar i recommend checking out cuz he goes into like his approach to the series it turns out he was as big or a bigger fan of the novels than i am which was a surprise for me because I truly am so cynical that I assumed they would just get whoever, you know, he had credits of like um, uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Chuck. So I figured like because he had pedigree, they they tapped him for this. But it turns out he's a huge fan of the original source material, which is somewhat comforting. Um, And then there's also an interview with uh, Rosamund Pike uh, and Daniel Henney, who play two of the main characters, uh, Moraine and Lan, who are like my two of my favorite characters, uh, who I think are expertly cast in this um anyway there's an interview with them as well on awards radar so check that out um have any of you seen the series not no? yet not yet no. no 
Okay. I, well, I, I would love to. to hear. I wanted to read it first, but I don't think I'm going to get around to that. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, they'll do the first season, then you'll have a break in between, so you could always like read the first book or the first couple books. You might be able to just stay ahead of the release schedule uh, with this one. Anyway, it's worth it. I mean, I enjoy it, uh, but honestly, I haven't really revisited them in a while, so I'm actually intentionally not going to read any books until after I watch the show. So smart, smart move. All right. So my news is a little bit smaller, um, but what I learned or maybe relearned, because I think I did know this when it was announced, but uh, so Netflix is working on an Avatar The Last Airbender uh, live action series. And I feel like after the last live action foray that this series had, that there's a lot of, um, I personally have a lot of trepidation around it, but this seems like it you know could be hopeful could be interesting they probably maybe hopefully learned a lot it's a series i don't know i mean but. that movie was a, ha- a crime against cinema like i made it maybe 10 minutes into it and i was like i cannot watch this i agree and seeing the casting i was like okay maybe but then i recently tried watching the live action cowboy bebop that um oh, netflix just, just did released. and let me tell you i have absolutely no faith in this whatsoever And that's sad because I loved the Avatar series. Both, I actually think I might have liked Legend of Korra a little bit better. Interesting. But the only thing, the only thing that I would say keeps uh, Last Airbender above it is uh, Sokka. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so they just released uh, the reason this is quote unquote news is because they just released a cast photo, um, and it's got uh. A bunch of people, the the people who play Aang, Sokka, Zuko, Katara, and then like producers, directors, um, showrunner, etc., etc. And I was looking forward to this cast photo because they had recently just announced that uh, the person who's playing Uncle Iroh, one of the best characters, is yes. Paul Sun Hyung Lee from Kim's Convenience, the father from Kim's Convenience. Also, apparently, appeared for about five seconds in The Mandalorian. <laughs> um, then uh, Monkey Atsu was also announced. Lim Kay Su. Uh, and then Ken Leung as Commander Zhao. And I understand that Daniel Day Kim is playing um, Fire Lord Ozai. So those are all really exciting to me. And if this series sucks, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'll tell you you're really banking on this one, aren't you? This is a blind I, I, spot for me. No so if we wanted to visit this, if it's actually worth watching, I will gladly like go back and do some. Uh, some oh, the curing of the my cartoon blind spots. or not to offend fans, anime or the cartoon. Technically, it's a cartoon because it's not made in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it was it was beautiful and it was Excellent. great and yeah. And I agree with uh, Emilia so much that Uncle Iroh is the best character in both series because he is in Legend of Korra as well. Uh, only a few times though, but yeah, if I could get, if I could have a drink with anybody, like most people, be like, oh, I'd have a beer with this person. I would have tea with Uncle Iroh in a heartbeat. Mm. Oh yeah, okay, okay. You would walk out like a million times wiser than before. More so. zen with the universe, I think. I could use a little more of that. The universe. <laughs> so I mean, even if we don't end up covering it or revisiting it, that's a series that is just. I mean, it it was one of those things that I have nostalgia from my childhood because I was like a kid when it was coming out, and mm-hmm. I revisited 
it, you know, in the last year or so. And not only does it hold up, but I think it's even better as an adult. It's, it's just like, you know, it makes my heart melt. Um, it's very like fun and adorable and charismatic. And the way that they drew influence from um, different Asian cultures, even though it was, you know, created by a bunch of white guys, it, it was, it's actually really good, <laughs> you know? Um, well, it they does really, show you there's a way really to do that. Research. Yeah, there's yeah. a way to really, like, bring in these different cultures and not be, like, essentially, like, grab-bagging whatever you feel like, like, actually giving them some love and attention. Uh, I feel like if anybody ever seen Moana, like Disney, I actually talked to the creators of that who, like, went out of their way to, like, make sure that experts in their culture were a part of the uh, storytelling process which Moana is a freaking phenomenal film yeah and honestly that's what I mean there's a way to do it right so everybody gets so worried about like cancel culture and whatever and it's like yeah you can you can still tell great stories and you know anyway that's a tangent we will get into later and who doesn't love you're welcome yeah you're welcome is an incredible song you're welcome another gift from the rock for us what shiny doesn't make the list Oh, that's that the second so best much. song. Let me tell. No, okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why people love that song so much, and I think that is like absolutely one of the worst Disney songs that has ever <gasps> come out ever. Anytime Bridget. that comes out, I I that's hate like that one song. of their you best just, villain songs. No, I you honestly, just got honestly, punched honestly got their best song. villain song song by far. Oh my no, god! I I honestly hate that song so much, and I don't know why. Like I really do you not don't like know Jermaine why. Clement. No, I just don't like. <laughs> you don't like Flight of the Concords? Uh, wow, you guys are I extrapolating. Like I like yeah. Anyways, and we are moving on. Yes. So speaking of, um, you know, ways to do uh, cultural representation, right or wrong, I think that brings us to the end of the verse news. That was the verse news. And ahead, just something else to the other thing that we're covering today. Someone wants to uh, introduce uh. that. Uh oh, um, guys, I lost all navigation here at the helm. Um, I think we're flying into a blind spot. Keep up the great work, Norm. A verse squad blind spot. 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 Wow, is that how that sound effect is done? Yeah, that's exactly how it sounds. Good job, everyone. Quite high tech. <laughs> Alright, let's do this, squad. So, Norm, where have we landed now? I assume that we are, since navigation's out, I just assume we're talking about uh, two towers now, right? Oh, no. I wish, but we are talking about the Phantom Menace, wah, wah, wah. which is the funniest name for a Star Wars thing ever. So, is it a real menace? No, no. Don't worry about it. It's a Phantom Menace. Yes, the Phantom Menace. I am still trying to figure <laughs> out what the name means. Sounds about right. So I watched The Phantom Menace. So we're, we're back to covering Star your Wars. blind spot of Star Wars. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Did Emily hit her head during a hard landing? <laughs> this movie is a hard landing. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you never, you never seen it before. Why nope. did you not watch it previously? Uh, because I had not seen all of the original trilogy and quite, I feel like this is going to be a running theme throughout any Star Wars blind spot we do, but the fandom scares me quite a lot. Um, 
So I've heard terrible, terrible things about the prequels, but then I also heard some like redeeming things about them. So I'm just very confused. From from Bridget, maybe a handful. There's probably dozens of people out there who feel dozens of us. (laughs) Um. So. Uh, but I have, I'm working on it. I was actually, after I watched the original trilogy, I was extremely curious about the prequels. And so I'm glad that we're, that we're finally, we finally reached this part of the universe. So here's a challenge for you. Can you give your synopsis in your own words? And I could really use this because if you asked me what happened in that movie, I'd be like at a loss of words. Okay, so I, I worked, I worked very hard to understand this movie. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> first of all, it really annoys me that the two sides are called the Federation and the Republic. That's extremely confusing. <laughs> Especially because I'm a Star yes. Trek fan yes. and I'm like, wait, the Federation's in this universe? Anyway. Well, so, the Trade Federation. The yeah, trade they should federation. at least say Trade Federation then instead of just Federation. Anyway. So what's confusing is that the the original trilogy had a very, very distinct good and bad side. And that was obvious from the beginning. It's like the rebels versus the empire. There's no ambiguity about that. Yes. Here we have the Republic versus the Federation. And I was like, who are the good guys? I assume it's got to be the ones that have the Jedis because like we, we love the Jedis, right? So that's what I'm going to operate under. <laughs> um, and I think that I was proven right based on the rest of the film. Okay. So here's what happens. <laughs> we open with a classic Star Wars scroll uh, that explains the background of a trade dispute <laughs> that has surrounded the city or the planet of Naboo where they've created a blockade um, to... What? I think the Federation Wait, they... has created a blockade around it so that they can use it as a bargaining chip because so, they actually want to secede. They're more like separatists than a trade federation. Something like that. I believe this is the premise. Well... Look, they did not describe. They did not describe anything other than telling you there was a trade dispute. They didn't go into Listen, any. Detail it was all whatsoever. about taxes. All I remember is they're like <laughs> essentially put my brain to sleep in the first sentence. They're like, yeah. there's been a tax dispute over trade." I was like, oh. uh, <laughs> "So what I've come to glean is that it's not really about a trade dispute. The trade dispute is a front for it's the separatists because." The, I don't know what the Phantom is. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the title of this movie has to do with the movie. <laughs> I'm not even going there. But uh, I, I believe that there is a trade dispute that's really a, a front for a, a separatist desire of the Federation. Because they're, the Federation is made up of the outer rim planets of the galaxy. And they don't get as much protection from the Empire or as much help. So they are trying to like do their own thing. And... Um, it, it, but the, the, the Republic doesn't want this, I guess. I love how, like, you've been starting everything, like, I believe this is what is going on. I feel like this was George Lucas pitching the story. This is exactly how he sounded. Yeah. I was really, like, ready for, I knew there was going to be more politics and there was going to be more, like, like, sort of this kind of stuff. And I was really excited (laughs) about that because I love Game of Thrones and then I got here and I was like, this is not executed the same way. <laughs> wow. 
Oh, that was a terrible expectation you set for yourself. <laughs> it really was. Like, honestly, wow, that bar worst. went way high. <laughs> yeah, that was, wow, that was quite generous. Of Wait, you so, only, but yeah. we got quite you terrible. that there's a, a trade dispute, and then there's these federation and alliance, whatever. Look, I'm, I feel like I'm doing public. a great job with this. You are. You're, so better than I was. <laughs> You're doing fine. You're doing but, better than I so would have So then what happens? How does it resolve yes. itself in this episode? So, <laughs> the Republic is the one with the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> they have a Senate. They have a Jedi Council. They send some Jedi. They, the uh, uh, Qui Gon, who I definitely thought was named Keygon for quite a long time. <laughs> I guess you had the subtitles on. I did. Hmm. I thought his name was Keywa. Um, I love that. I love that. With his uh, not so young Padawan, but young for us, Obi Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, he's got his silly Padawan. No, yeah, Padawan haircut. Yep. Um, Can and... we just digress for one second to talk about how awful the fashion is? Like, the Jedi fashion is embarrassing, and so many of my friends in college like wanted to mimic that look of, like, the rat tail. Oh, oh no. So, no. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God. I will not name names. I will not name names because the they might listen to this show. Yeah, the hair The hair is more the problem than the outfit. The but... outfits are also pretty awful. No, it's, it's the hair. It's the, the hair. hair just, the choice in hair. Yeah. yeah. All right, I could sorry. do with the tiny braid, but the tiny ponytail is like pushing it. Oh, it's just and like you <laughs> and McGregor can't save that. No, and, and, if you and McGregor can't save yeah. it, can anyone? <laughs> no, and uh, you know uh, Qui Gon's silly little beard. Like, give him a full wizard beard, not that stupid little like goatee. Anyway, oh, sorry, I just smashed my desk in rage. All right, sorry. Go back to the story. Yes, so they they uh, show up to help uh, resolve this dispute, but. There's like, where <laughs> it falls apart. Um, <laughs> the, so they, <laughs> the the queen like comes with them <laughs> at some point and and uh, gets <laughs> captured <laughs> or something um, and is used as a bargaining chip. Uh, but then later we find out that she's a decoy, which uh, didn't register to me because Natalie Portman and Kira Knightley at this age look exactly the same. Yes, and honestly, Kira yes, Knightley she, yes. props. I was going to bring that up as like a little not spoiler, but like a little like fact. But yeah, I had no idea until like I saw a meme recently that like pointed it out, and I was like, what? Mind blown. So, but the extremely important B plot of this movie is that they meet a young boy on the planet of Naboo um, named. Anakin. Actually, um, Planet of Tatooine. Oh, yeah, whatever. They meet the, a the sand, <laughs> the sand planet of Tatooine. That becomes an important part, too. They're on the sand planet, right, where they have, like, the moisture farms and everything. And they're really mining dry. spice, and they're traveling without moving, and, yes. <laughs> wrong, wrong franchise, one. dude. Wrong franchise. <laughs> um, so there's the little boy... Liam Neeson takes an extreme interest in him because his midichlorians are off the chart or whatever. He senses that there is great potential or power for force within him. So he, like, figures out this whole way to um, kidnap him from his mother (laughs) and um, make him become a Jedi. So they take him with him. Um, Anakin, as we we all know by now, um, becomes... Darth Vader in the future, um, so that's fun. And then there's this uh, C plot where um, we've got who was obviously Emperor Palpatine <laughs> yeah. playing a double agent, <laughs> where he's running the Senate, but he's also talking with the very clearly 
evil uh, Nemoidians who we know are evil because they have Japanese accents and are influenced by <laughs> yeah, like Japan. embarrassingly Asian. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of appropriation and, and weirdness going on in this one. I just got to. And we're going to talk about all that. Um, That's good. Good. And, good. 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 And then at the end, um, you know, they they figure out this dispute. Um, but it's not like resolved. I guess the queen comes back. They defeat the 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 Moidians. They defeat like the separatists somehow. Um, I don't really know why that means everything With the is decoy. resolved now. The decoy, <laughs> the decoy comes in handy. Yeah, right. The the decoy Nanat Portman or Kira Knightley, one of them. And then for some reason, um, then they throw a party and it's great. But I don't really know why things are resolved now, because presumably the Federation is like more than one planet. But, yes, um, the Trade Federation is more than one planet. But this particular dispute, at least, is resolved because we blew up a bunch of people. So, well, and I droids. Mean, mostly clankers. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, is that what those little robot dudes are called? Yeah. Yeah, clankers. We oh, left out. You left out great. two things, though, that I just want to. I don't know if they're huge plot devices, but Jar Jar Binks's. Who, who is his, his his species that lives on Naboo? <sighs> right, the Gungans. Um, the Gungans are like I was trying to avoid this. <laughs> yeah, well, they you know this awful racist trope of a minstrel character. Um, Jar Jar Binks is like part of the Gungans, who are another species on Naboo, who then finally like team up with Natalie. They Portman's. show up. They form an alliance. Yes. Yeah. The. Uh, Republic and, and help defeat. Yeah, which unfortunately means you will get more Jar Jar Brings for the next two movies. Yes. <laughs> why, this is why yeah. I was pointing it out. Um, <laughs> and then what else was there? Oh, and then there's a Sith that makes an appearance, right? Oh, right. <laughs> so much happens in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> there's um, a lot. Yes, there's a final face off battle. Which is, by the way, like a really, really cool battle. In one awesome, highlight like, of the movie, top tier, one like, of the one best. of the best scores. Oh yeah, ever. Can we? Get, we'll get into that on best scenes. I think we'll wait to tackle yes. that. But that needs to be di- di- digested a little bit, like a Sarlacc pit over a thousand years. But yeah. Okay. Right. Think, so this, like, yeah, I think scary minion missed, dude. Yeah, I think you missed one other thing that's kind of important, and that is Anakin Skywalker and his mom are slaves on Tatooine. Oh yes, that's also yes. Yes, uh, and Liam Neeson could only free Anakin. Yep, he's a Jedi, but that's it. He couldn't. Ah, I just couldn't do it. Sorry. Ah, just couldn't do it. Um, <laughs> apparently, Watto is not weak-minded enough for him to pull that. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, you mean like the, the the weird Middle Eastern character that seems also like a racist trope? Yes, that character. Yes, yes. <laughs> the very like pretty anti-Semitic one. Um, yeah, and then uh, yeah, yeah. So there's this like. Uh, dark lord apprentice dude that comes after them who's a, a minion of of s- this palpatine not palpatine yet guy uh who shows up and uh tries to defeat the jedi and <laughs> that very epic battle happens but his uh darth maul is his name his uh appearance heralds the the reemergence of the sith lords which i assume is going to be a very big plot always thing. come in pairs Right. Which is such but a funny line. Other? I was like, oh, that's a, isn't that convenient? But then they're like, and master. That's, and, and that's why it's called the Phantom Menace. Wait, huh? <laughs> because they, they kill uh, Darth Maul, and at the very end, they go, which one do we get? The Apprentice or the Master? Oh, the that's Phantom the Phantom Menace. Menace. 
is yeah come on th- that's oh, not that much stupid route. i thought the phantom menace was the trade dispute was the phantom <laughs> and the menace was the no, actual no, like the, in, the the plot of this movie was the phantom menace that's what the real deal was there i thought the phantom the menace was gonna name. be like it kind of sounds like a name for a ship <laughs> the force is always about balance so norm is not incorrect unfortunately so, all right no, so norm's right cronsworth is agreeing with norm for once oh, okay Okay. This is this episode is definitely throwing okay, us through. So, that was a very long so, synopsis. But it's yes. you but that's what it took to tell the story, so thank you for tackling that, because it is so convoluted. So did you have a favorite character in this? A favorite character. I didn't think about this enough. Um <laughs> Just shoot from the hip. I was thinking too hard about everything else. <laughs> okay, who are the characters? We got the Jedi, we got Liam Neeson. <laughs> We got the little Anakin who. We got Keegan. By the way, the Jake Lloyd. Jake Lloyd got so much hate for this. Rewatching it, I'm like, well, he's adorable and fine. Like he's I, amazing. So, so amazing. Know, I, I heard about hate, that. Hate the plot. Don't hate the character. Don't hate the yeah. actor. Yeah, this poor I kid. I did not like, understand the hate for little fine. Annie. For what he was given. He was fine, right? He was just yeah, cute, fine. and he was good. I felt. I didn't so, even so really have a problem him. with his storyline. No. no, exactly. Please hate the character and the actor. That boy was the Phantom Menace. But so any so who did you enjoy out of all of them? And you just listed the mm-hmm. Jedi. There's the there's the princess and her body double, and then there's uh-huh. a ton of other senators, and then there's a Jedi Council. God, there's a, a lot of a lot of characters in this. Lots of characters. Um, there's Sam the Sith. pretty cool, but he's only there for like five minutes. Which, by the way, I totally forgot he was going to show up. <laughs> Yeah, and he looks nice and young, and he, I'm so happy so he's young. in that series. He makes um, it better. Yeah. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. He makes and every also, scene. if you it. ever go back and watch any interviews with him about Star Wars, like, he talks about, like, how much he enjoyed it, like, genuinely. Uh-huh. And, like, once once you get into later films, we can talk about more. Well, but, that's the thing is, the two, yeah. ca- like, Ewan McGregor seems like he's having such a good time and puts everything into the character that it almost balances the movie enough to make it enjoyable for me. So, I okay. Maybe <laughs> uh, I'm still thinking. You know what? We're gonna go with uh, the queen. Jar Jar. Queen, what's her name? <laughs> queen Amidala. The decoy queen. Cause she got ah, the little, Kira Knightley. Little outfits. Yeah. Kira yeah. Knightley is a yeah. It's she did funny. a great Kira... job. She well, did. I... She, Kira Knightley's talked about this in interviews. She said she had no idea what was going on. Like she just got thrown into it. She didn't know the plot of the movie. She like barely knew it was a Star Wars film. It <laughs> took me through right. Yeah. Yeah, but it took me halfway through the movie to be like, oh wait, she actually is the double. They're not like Emily was saying. You're like, oh, I didn't even realize they switched her out. Like I thought it was uh, what's her face the whole time. Anyway, right, they Natalie look, Portman. They look identical. Yeah, it's yeah. very strange. So, no shade, but uh, she did deliver her lines as the queen as if she had no idea what was going on. But I think it kind of worked for the character because I was like, oh, this is just like a strange alien character. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was very weird. But also I was like, oh, she's royalty. She's supposed to be this like, you know, like you're not supposed to see emotion. She's like a Vulcan almost. I, I, yeah, honestly, like props to Kira. Good job on your confusion because yeah. it left us confused. Oh, you know, actually, favorite character might be Emperor Palpatine. Sorry, mm. pre-Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> Senator Palpatine. Senator Palpatine. All right, all right. You know, uh, I, I got to say, in this one, my favorite character was probably Darth Maul, because even though he didn't say anything, he just looked really cool. And, of course, oh, the yeah. double-bladed lightsaber, when I first saw it, I was like, <gasps> boom! 
No, but like we have to put into context that there wasn't a lot of other Star Wars material. And when this landed, you got super Jedi action and this insanely choreographed battle scene that is so epic. Like the staging, the setting, and Darth Maul, yeah, because he had no lines and and it only for like five minutes of runtime, was like a Mm -hmm. really impressive character. In fact, I think if they had more of him, it actually would have taken away from how much of an impact he had. But we had never seen lightsaber battles like that before. Uh, this one. No, no absolutely That's not. Awesome. And I think, yeah. I think, so like when I first dove into this trilogy, so y- Ewan McGregor was my favorite actor before even watching this trilogy. From what? In fact, I had no As idea that he was in Star Wars. Oh, Moulin Rouge, Big Fish. Okay, uh, wonderful. Yeah, just a I love bunch him in all that. Stuff. Right. I just, I loved him as an actor, thought he was phenomenal. So I actually had no idea he was in this. And then all of a sudden, the first five minutes, it's him and Qui-Gon. They have, like, their Jedi hoods on, and they're mm-hmm. in, like, getting on the ship. And I said, no way. I was like, there's no way. There's absolutely no And I was already, like, on a Star Wars high at this point. Like, I had just been introduced to to the series, everything. So I was living life. This was, like, at my peak Star Wars. I I paused it, and I literally was jumping up and down in my bed. Like, I was so excited. <laughs> I, I was like, there's no way. There's no way. And then I was like, oh. And then he took the hood off, and I was like, literally screamed uh this is when i was like 14 but uh it it was just it was amazing it was like the best possible thing that could have happened but i could see why then you would look back fondly on this series because truly he's like that that the whole final and then he ended up becoming the best part of the series for for me at least through all three yeah hands down and that's why i still enjoy going back and watching these films because i love him so much in that role and, well, that, yeah. that sword battle yeah, scene it it has no dialogue, and just the look in Ewan McGregor's face, you can see he's, like, untrained. He's still a Padawan, but it's because he's got all this, like, energy and juice to go fight. Like, and, everything that he, he poured nervous. into this role yeah. reminds me of a little bit, like, like how I was trying to explain how Ian McKellen just, like, just mm-hmm. gave everything in his performance in Lord of the Rings. Like, yeah. it's such an odd dialogue there's something of, no, but there's something odd lines to be doing. But British they, actors. They just... They just like went full bore into it. They yeah. completely gave. But their British all actors are Shakespearean trained, which is why the original Star right. Wars series re- relied heavily as, on all the villains and a lot of the sub the, the the supporting cast were like old theater British actors, so they yeah. can deliver clunky, crappy dialogue. Sorry, I don't know if we can say that word. George they can Lucas. De- they, can, they can deliver George Lucas, Lucas dialogue Lucas. and make it sound like impactful and powerful. And you and yeah. McGregor, the stuff that rolls off his tongue in this, you're like. Oh my God! They're talking about the dumbest things, but they make it. He lands it. Eloquent. It sounds convincing. He makes it sound yes. eloquent. You're and, like, and then he oh. has humor and a little bit of whimsy to it at times. You're like, how did he do that? I don't know about all of that. I, I swear to God, he didn't me. strike me that much in this film. But I look forward Just to wait. his journey. Just wait. Wait till the next two films. I think you'll change your mind. Yeah, it's I, honestly there's there's lines that I think you would have been like. Like other actors delivered it, you'd been like, "I this is awful. I hate it." But you didn't pay attention to it because he just like rolls with it anyway. Yeah, it's amazing. I I adore him. I really yeah. do adore I him. I think he's like I mean, the train spotting. That was the, the other savior one. of this movie. That's what I know yeah. him from. Train spotting. So, yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, Palpatine as my favorite good. character. No, that's a good choice. He's very. Uh, he has so much charisma in this one. He does also, a lot. He's one of the only Star Wars actors to be in. Basically, he's them, he, yeah. he's the only one that's played that role in all of three yeah. of the trilogies. So, no, but he actually gets he shows up screen time, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, you realize he's playing a double agent almost immediately. <laughs> and um, <laughs> well, what made you think that? Oh <laughs> uh, wait, wait, wait! Hearing the uh, Imperial March just played in a major key didn't 
uh, didn't cue <laughs> Japan. you? It had almost threw me, I'll admit. But, <laughs> and and then he's like, you know, he's like, I, I suggest a vote of no confidence. And then and then he comes back in the next scene. He's like, oh, it looks like they just they just happened to appoint me, you know, into this position of power. <laughs> Shucks. Shucks. Who would have thought? Who knew? Who Oopsie. knew that could happen? <laughs> but uh, speaking of Darth Maul, who had the best outfit, I think. Um, Definitely. That might have like been traditional my... Jedi, but also looking a little more, you know, tough. Yeah, yeah he had a good. Outfit. I, I just, I'm, that's why again, as far as the character of Darth Maul is concerned, so grateful for the series and as, in one of the in the Han Solo film, like they give that character so much more screen time and so mm-hmm. much more backstory that when I again now when I go back and watch this movie, I appreciate him that much more. <laughs> Thank you, Dave Filoni. Gracias, <laughs> you're awesome. But I, but it's like a, it's I always thought though too, like this Darth Maul character, how people reacted to him, I felt was similar to how people reacted to Boba Fett because mm-hmm. it's a very like minuscule character in the scope of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, so you fill in yourself all yeah. this story, then yeah. you like he's him way more, more interesting like, than Boba Maul Fett. So boss. Yeah, he does. He's a lot he's more, more with his five minutes. <laughs> she got it. <laughs> yeah, his five minutes. And she are kill, in- and he incredible. kills a Jedi in it. Yeah. He kills Quagon. Come on, that's a bad, that's a baller it's, move. Yeah, yeah. Can, right, wait, can someone right. explain to me what was the deal with these crazy hallway shields? I don't know, and I don't care. Like I was, I was vibing on it. I'm like, no, I don't know I what's know. happening no here. Just plot when device. When you and McGregor is like getting ready, he's like, no, and then he's like, yeah, he's like, like jumping up and ready. down. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, like psyching himself up. Uh, yeah, oh, he's psyching yeah, himself up, getting loose. Got to get limber. Yeah. Oh, Jazzercise. So he's got to, got to kill his next Jedi. <laughs> Oh my god, crazy. But when that happened, they like ran, and then these things happened, and I was like, wait, are we supposed to know why that happens? And it felt like it was a like video perfectly... game. <laughs> That's exactly no, it what did. it was. it did. <laughs> now, I will like, say that that is, that is my favorite scene of the whole film. Like, Well, let's after, get into that. Yeah, favorite after scenes. After Qui-Gon dies. Yeah. yeah. After Qui-Gon dies. Yeah. What were your favorite I, scenes? I think that that fight was my favorite scene. Um, That's tops. But another really great sequence was the pod racing sequence, the speed racing sequence, or whatever you want to call it. My frustration with that scene, it, oh. it held up better than I remembered, but like I didn't know what the heck was going on. It's so fast and quick cutting and I'm going to tell you right blurring. now, it's, it's, it's alarming the amount of times I have fallen asleep during that scene. <laughs> what? <laughs> that Every scene. Time. If I'm that... watching it in a car ride, this is notorious. I, like I take a ten minute. It's like a twenty minute scene. It's like a twenty minute action scene. And yeah. when you, George Lucas is like, I only did it for the kids. I only did it for no. the kids. And I said, No, that's no. a lie. You definitely did that for yourself. Shut up. Like that's what you did. Like shut up, George Lucas. You did it for yourself. Uh, no, I, he, I hate that scene. He I hate that, that scene. felt purely, and I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. It felt purely like a cash grab. Like, oh, I'm going to introduce this as a video game, which mm-hmm. they, did, they did. I'm going to make a ton of movie, money off of it. Everything okay he that. Does, it was yeah. fast. It was furious. Oh, <laughs> right. Now this is all making sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I just Family. thought that the design of of the uh, of the vehicles was really cool. And um, I'll admit, the whole the the guy who was like the front runner um, sabotaging little Annie's vehicle. Oh, wow. I I have no idea what that accomplished. Really, but did it accomplish anything? I guess it didn't start off uh, at first. Temp- and, and, then it, and then at one point it, uh, it it broke and caused a power fluctuation. So oh, whatever. Yeah. 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 I mean, I like um, the design 
I like the design of that alien, though. Like the, the... Sabalba! And he yeah. walks, like, on his feet. He's, his hands are, like... His I like that. Ears, that was a cool feet, alien. Hands, yeah. yeah. There were so many cool aliens in that race and all around. Um, and, like, I just thought that the it was, like, fast-paced. I, I thought it was really cool. I, I like little Annie, so watching him with his, like, big goggles on... Mm-hmm. Um, awkwardly <laughs> delivering lines, <laughs> really. I enjoyed that a lot, and I thought the sound design of it was really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's as the scenes go. Like, I can understand there's not a lot of storytelling happening <laughs> in like a long scene. You're like, okay, so he almost doesn't win the race, and he wins the race. But oh, I don't know. It, it, to I, me, I, I, I remember it was, seeing it, it was such a I'm reprieve. Of a scene from this film, <laughs> and then like I forgot to see. Every time I go back to watch it now, I cringe so much just knowing like what happens by the end of this trilogy. But anyways, I yeah. can't talk about that yet. Uh, it was such a reprieve funny. from from all of the incredibly confusing plot. But I'm curious now what your <laughs> yeah. what were your there was favorite no plot, scenes? just action in that. So that makes sense. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, so Bridget, on, since you're like the biggest fan of this one at, compared to the rest of us, wh- what Absolutely. are your favorite scenes from this? Well, my f- favorite scene is hands down the uh, Obi Wan Darth Maul uh, duel. Yeah. yeah, duel of the fates is the is the score for that, and I will say yes. that that Excellent. is probably. I don't want to spoil it. There's another score at the end of the third film that I think is my favorite. This one, though, here comes Doctor Spoiler. Why talking about this film? I'm talking about this film. Cronsworth, shut up. <laughs> I'm a doctor. Shut up. <laughs> Throw yourself into a trash compactor. I'm already in a trash compactor. It's called The Verse. You are the trash compactor. <laughs> uh, no, I would. Th- that score is like amazing. If I were ever to go into battle, that would absolutely be the top of my... <laughs> getting ready for battle playlist <laughs> i may or may not have a remix version of it on my phone i don't know yeah i i uh i highly highly enjoyed it but that is one i think one of the best lightsaber duels like mm-hmm. in the star wars universe yeah I, out of all the movies that is hands down one of the best ones i i, I really agree with you notch. i agree with you that that's and that's my favorite scene too because before that the lightsaber scenes if i can Put this in context, it would be like old English knights fighting each mm-hmm. other, just bam, trying to like yeah. smack yeah, each other, break each other's swords mm-hmm. and stuff like that. This felt like, you know, an actual, like, more like a samurai fight almost, <laughs> One, but not quite. I, yes. There's this, I always see this on social media, and it's like a dual screen. They side by side, they have the Obi Wan Darth Vader initial battle. Oh, yeah, and like in the like, New Hope. There and was then they no choreography. Side by side with Obi Wan yeah. and Darth Maul. And Obi Wan and Darth Maul, it's like super high, like fast paced. They have crazy martial arts choreography mixed in. And the Obi Wan Darth Vader, it's like, chew. Slowly turn the lightsaber to the left. Chew. Yeah. Like it's so. And, and that, was, like that was, it was more like a because... week of stage combat later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, that was more or less because they didn't. Think that they can do the rotoscoping on the, uh, the yeah they had to keep it very simple yeah, yeah they had to keep it simple yeah. but but I you have to understand too no, like the, yeah the, it was also though those original ones are really about they cared more about the character and the story than they did about the choreography and it worked yeah. like oh, in this yeah. in Empire yeah. Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi like those are huge character moments for Luke and like in this one it's also a huge character moment for Obi Wan with crazy cool. Uh, you know, choreography. So, and I think later ones actually go a little too far to like, there's no story being told. It's just like, looks cool. I don't want to spoil, but like, yeah. so this is truly like the one, the pinnacle of one of the best action scenes in star Wars, hands down. 
Absolutely, absolutely. So t- to me, that's the easiest. Going back to the score, I must second that Duel of the Fate is certainly one of the best pieces in all the saga. Oh, no, yes, that's we, what I'm saying. We, like, we have, we have uh, confirmed that there, Cronsworth. Way to, way to keep time with us. <laughs> and that's why I said I second it. I tried to voice my opinion, but you talk so much I can't speak. Well, there was a reason wow. why we kept talking and wouldn't let you speak, because usually you say dumb things. So. Wow, harsh. <laughs> As of late, I've been agreeing with you, so I certainly must be saying dumb things. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I mean, the score, this is John Williams again, I assume. Got it. Oh, yes. right. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he does not, the man does not miss. And Duel of the no. Fates was one of the best parts of the score. Thank you. <laughs> Another shout out. Another one of my favorite scenes, actually, was the party they threw at the end, simply because <laughs> of just like the music was bumping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, that I, was a I bop. Just, there's so many memes <laughs> about the score in this film. Like, there's so many problems and confusing elements. And then, also, like, John Williams just came in and was like, I don't know what he was on when he wrote this score, but he w- he was on it. Let me yeah. just say, he was on it. <laughs> I'll say I the also, other... What? Go ahead, Well, Lucas. no, actually, I should ask you, what is your yours? Because maybe your other favorite scenes will mirror mine. I have one other scene I really liked. Me? Yeah. Uh, you talking to me? No, that, 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 I got that's probably else. it. You got, <laughs> that's I liked when they first introduced the Jedi, where, like, they're very mysterious with their hoods, yes. and then, they, and then they pull their hoods down, and then their whole scene where they, like, hold their breath and the gas comes in, and then suddenly their lightsabers I, come out in the dark, and they're, yes. like, battling droids, and just unstoppable. Yeah, Everybody's cool. like, I love that. we I gotta love leave, because there's too. two Jedi on this entire ship. Well, like, it makes them feel badass. Anyway. I love the use of all the Force action. It was the first time they really used it in such a yeah, way. Yeah, a lot of force action, right, Cronsworth? We didn't get a lot of that. Yeah. Okay, that's what I was just going to say, because this is the first time, if you had watched this, like, how the normal Star Wars movies came out, if you had seen the original trilogy, and then you watched the first of the prequels, this is the first introduction you're seeing other Jedi. Yeah, like, it was duel it great. Out, like, seeing that in the theater Luke was, first. Luke was a Jedi, but you yeah. never really, I guess, could see his full potential. Like, this yeah. is prime Jedi power hour. It was all the stuff the as force. a kid you were, like, imagining a Jedi would be doing, like, jumping high and exactly. pushing things with your hands. And they make oh, it, it seem cool. so easy and so just, like, flawless. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, like, whatever, we're just going to use the Force real quick. Yeah. When, like, you watch Luke struggling to, like, build up to that for three yeah. films. Yeah, so just right off the bat, that was so awesome I agree, that was, like, so yeah. anyway, that's my other scene I like. You, you know, if I, had a, if I had to pick another scene, it would actually, uh, you know, Jar Jar gets a lot of hate. And yeah. uh, for whatever so, reason, yeah. the for whatever Sorry, reason, the, the actor, <laughs> the actor was like put in the crosshairs for no good reason whatsoever. But I will say this: the final battle scene where Jar Jar is just bumbling his way through it was still funny to me. Now I, I know a lot of people are going to like grimace at that because he was obviously playing a very troped character. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that in a nice yeah. way. Yeah, <laughs> but still, um, you know. It was funny to watch. It was stupid. It was actually it was that funny, did, and there, I enjoyed that nothing, more this time than I did yeah, there, the first there was, time. There was nothing that should have been hated on it, other than the the caricature that he was painted into. But other yeah, than that, yeah. like there there was nothing wrong with that character. But like, yeah. I'm over having a comic relief character. Like C three PO used to play that, and like even Han in the third one, where he's just like I'm blind. Whoops! I'm hitting Boba Fett. Good, good. Like yeah, they've always I, had yeah. that that element just, in Star Wars. I love. I think this is what I love about not to bring up marvel but like marvel was i I think has always been very good about nailing the humor in their films like knowing the balance of it that's Mm -hmm. something star wars i felt like never could get down in honestly any of their content like there's like i could probably count on my hand like the number of true funny moments that i found funny 
Mm-hmm. Like the humor never hit, and I. It's just George Lucas is writing. Like it's not meant to be funny yes. in any capacity. Uh, He's except for, for how bad the bad it can is. be. How bad it can be is when it becomes funny. Yeah. The only thing more robotic than the droids in the prequel trilogy are the humans. <laughs> All right, well, so here we go. Juiciness. Emilia, what are your things you didn't like about this? The robots tend to have more humanity than the humans in this series. Um, the droids. Like, yeah. In the prequels, yeah. But, I mean, for sure. But. It was because you didn't have, uh, you know, you didn't have uh, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher going... These are bad. We're going to reread these in a better uh, – we're just going to change this script, yeah, we're gonna okay? We're just going to – we're going to give our own dialogue and it's going to be better. Nobody on this was like, oh, we should tell George this is bad because everyone was like, oh, it's George Lucas. We're just going to do yep. it, right? And it's going to work somehow? All right. Well, but the robots didn't have their own jaunty little theme like they did in the original trilogy. Or they may have, but it was a lot more subtle. Um, but I, I loved the- – Droids, Emilia. Droids. Droids, Droids yeah. yeah. The whatever. Whatever. Show some respect. I love the continual use, though, of the Force theme. I mean, all of the themes, or a lot of the themes from the original trilogy got spliced in here and transformed and combined with each other, and I thought that was extremely cool. But I thought also sometimes the Force theme was, like, used a little bit on the nose, but I appreciate it still. So, like, any time, like, in that in that big fight scene, um, whenever someone was about to use the Force... It would it would like play the little motif, and I was like, "Ah, oh, he's gonna use the force, guys! I can feel it, <laughs> I can hear feel it." The force. But what was the qu- what I didn't like? Yeah, any yeah. anything you didn't like, and you know, let's try to keep it on under an hour. Well, let me <laughs> let me rub my hands together real quick in in anticipation here. So, <laughs> um, okay, okay, we'll start with the easy stuff. It was confusing. <laughs> I know. I feel like we should genuinely skip the question, any confusing elements, because everything was confusing about yeah. this film. Um, the politics were not executed very well. It could have worked, but they didn't explain anything. Could use the, it, could, it, it actually suffered from not enough exposition. <laughs> I agree. Um, which is rare. <laughs> yeah, other- you know the, the, how this film got made, though, right? Where it was like, George Lucas, I don't think he was originally going to direct it, but then like it's just no. All of his friends who he tried to get to direct it were like, "I'm not doing a George a Star Wars prequel. Like it's doomed for failure. If I mess it up, it's going to be on my shoulders." So he stepped in. And then he also wrote it all, and he surrounded himself with yes men who were just like, "Sure, George, that sounds amazing." If you watch any behind yeah. the scenes making of, it's embarrassing because everybody's just like, mm-hmm. "That's a great idea. You should throw that in too. Why, why not? Why not have both ideas in there?" Like it's really painful to watch the making of because it's just not how you make good art, which is like right. criticism and you know. And honing it down to one thing. Anyway, it's it's a it's a disaster. The the, yeah. the scripting. Agreed. So the right, other so, so moving on from that yeah. <laughs> stuff that I didn't like. Um, yeah. So, okay. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hone in on three specific things. Okay. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Do it. So the Moidians come in. I knew actually from this film's reputation that they were supposed to be that they were quite clearly um east asian caricatures almost specifically it seems specifically like kind of like imperial japanese characters based on their outfits and their accents but it didn't clock for me and after their first one or two scenes because their accents are so ridiculous 
that I didn't clock it as a exaggerated Asian accent because I was like, who talks like that? <laughs> but as we went on, as time went on through the movie, it slowly sank in and I was like, oh, that's awkward. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, Watto, the <laughs> money-loving giant nose or trunked little flying dude who is who who like owns slaves and is always up for a bargain um that was uh that was uncomfortable i would say that that felt like the second least necessary thing and then finally we move on to jar jar banks and quite honestly the entire race of gungans which is a shame because I'd actually, I don't hate the character design. I think that their city is really cool. Their technology is awesome. When they went into battle, I was like, they look so, like, aw- like so cool and interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, we could have gone somewhere with that, you know. But but uh, then, you know, our main ambassador of that race, unfortunately, is Jar Jar Binks. And, and when he shows up, I was like, oh, this is a lot. And then he showed up again. And again and again, and I was and by the like this third scene, I was like, "This is too much Jar Jar Binks." And it was fine to have like a bumbling character like him. I even thought that his him bumbling through the last battle could have worked really well, and I wanted to laugh at it, but because he was a character, and also because like there's this moment of insanity where the leader of the Gungans who I expect better from <laughs> as a leader of this very technologically advanced race with an underwater city. He's like, Jar Jar, why don't you lead the troops into battle? And I was like, are you kidding me? Bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. that soured it, unfortunately. Yeah. the the I remembered this being frustrating because I was like, oh, these effects, this computer, everything's computer generated. It's annoying to me. And rewatching it, I was like, oh my God, do some of these effects really actually hold up? Like the design, I love the design of the ship, some of the CGI. I'm like, to, you could release this film today and it would still go toe-to-toe with a lot of stuff that comes out, uh, which is a testament to how advanced they were because this was some, one of the first films to ever do like almost exclusive green screening of like so many scenes. And there's times where it falls flat because you can tell it's it's literally flat. There's like no other things in this Like the pod scene. racing scene yeah. sometimes. <laughs> or even just like scenes of people sitting around talking and there's like no depth to the frame. It's just yeah. people standing in front of a CGI thing, and it's so obvious and annoying. But there are moments like the underwater, when the, when the creature's attacking them in the underwater, I'm like, this looks gorgeous. Like, I can't mm-hmm. believe they pulled this off, mm-hmm. like, 20 years ago. And the anyway. giant fish, that was really cool. Yeah. There's like, always a bigger fish. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, like, there's, those are things that still are good, like, and that were redeeming of this film. Mm-hmm. And so. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> But honestly, those are mostly the things that I didn't... Well, I mean, there's also, like, quite a few plot holes. Like, yes, well, what, quite what about a few. The, um, what about the production design? Were there things that you liked or didn't like? Um, honestly, I thought it all looked really good. And there was so much imagination in it. And that was what I really liked about the first... The original trilogy was that you step into this world and you get immersed in it right away. They don't, like they don't handhold you through it. You just kind of are in it. And they're like, this is how this thing is. This is how that thing is. And it's very easy to accept because it feels so lived in. Mm-hmm. And I really like that they expanded that here where there's new different kinds of planets. Um, this like council that feels very natural. And then this whole planet of Naboo, which has so many different like climates and peoples and interesting stuff. 
Um, but it was almost like a little too much again, back to the confusing part. Cause I was like, I'm happy to step into this immersive world, but I, I, you can't like throw me into the deep end. I need to wait in, you know? So, yeah, I feel like the Mandalorian and later shows figured it out, like how to do enough. Cause you, a little goes a long way in this world. And, uh, and this is the thing that truly revisiting, I'm like, God, it was so expressive and crazy. Like, it's definitely like they threw everything at the wall. And some of the production design is really cool and unique. I've never seen another sci-fi series truly get that intricate with, like, the outfits and the design and, and pull it off. So that is something that also is worth revisiting on this original trilogy. Yeah. Sorry. Prequel. I have a question. Say they went back and revoiced it all and removed all the offensive voices and replaced them with... I don't know, a Swedish voice. Would that improve the film? Yes. <laughs> I mean, that that probably only fixes about half It'll of fix the half. problem. <laughs> Visually, it's also a problem. They could have done a little more mixing. But it would be an improvement. If you're That's asking, it would definitely be an improvement. I do not understand why they don't go back and re-record all the voices. Is anyone that attached to the current voice work? Because that would it would be that would be George Lucas admitting that something he made was not good, and no, he goes back and messes with his well, work all the time. It's uh, so annoying. exactly. Lucas just yeah, but, nailed it. No, he does it all the he time. He does it all the time, but he's never like forth outright being like, "Oh, that's like not the best it could have been." You know Honestly, I like, like leaving like, it. The man does yeah. not say he's wrong. He yeah. says he's. I like leaving it as is, so he can then... improve it by putting in better voices. It's not that hard. It doesn't seem that hard. I can do it right now. Look at me, everyone. I'm Jar Jar Binks. You say people are going to die? Nailed it. It's as easy as that. Yeah, I mean, ADRs is sometimes a little bit of a pain, but... I don't know, I'll say but that. I will. He has the time and money. It's only a billion-dollar movie. <laughs> oh, I'm, I agree. Yeah. I, I like keeping these things flaws and all. Like, I don't like going back and saying, okay, this doesn't land now politically or socially. That's silly. Like, yeah, let's look back on it and, and, and figure out what worked and what didn't and how culture and society well, has changed. That's why I really yeah. hated how they put those in when it, they revamped the original trilogy and they put like the newer CGI characters. Hand shot first. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it looked <laughs> terrible. Like, the. The, the um, job of the hut like that looked awful in the revamped version. Yes, like that terrible Return of the Jedi celebration scene. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. They yeah. Just, the original oh. Yub Yub was the best. Right. Right. <laughs> so I I don't know I I know they said it made improvements in it and they wanted to incorporate this new technology but it made the film less authentic and it didn't hit well. So. No, I, I like know. these things okay. being time capsules. You know, and yeah. like we can let's because we can, then we can go stuff. back and criticize it and figure yeah. out. And so, we, you know, you got to know your demons. But um, the would the voices have fixed it for the Gungans? I think yes, because yeah. their character design relied a lot less heavily on tropes uh, for the Nemoidians could use a little more fusion with their outfits. Um, and then for Watto, maybe just don't have him. <laughs> it's hard to salvage that one. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, so let, let's let's besides the the obvious one, we should get into your theories going forward. <laughs> Forgetting the obvious, you know the obvious one. Just forget that one. Any other theories? Wait just a minute. Can we please hear the obvious one, Emilia? I'd love to hear it. I think Palpatine's gonna betray the Senate or something. <gasps> now that he's <laughs> mad with power. <laughs> Wait just a minute. I, I don't think it's considered a betrayal when you're the hero of the story. 
I think maybe we gotta. I think we might need to watch out for this Anakin kid. <laughs> so, so you think Mace and the Council were right, huh? They might be. Who's who's to say? <laughs> um, other theories. I don't. I mean, Obi Wan's. I think is going to go through his own hero's journey, and I think that's going to be really fun to watch. I'd like to predict that Jar Jar Binks is no longer going to be in the series because I've had enough of him for a, a lifetime. <laughs> um, I have bad news for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, oh yeah, okay, so R2-D2, <laughs> I have a theory slash plot hole. Okay, I have a plot hole that I'm going to try to save with a theory. R2-D2 hangs out with little Annie. <laughs> Correct. And then lives to hang out with Luke. Correct. And never tells him that he knew his father. Okay, that's one of the so many... We didn't get into things I hate about this one. Not even dislike, hate. And that... The fact that Annie creates C-3PO... I mean... C-3PO never says that? anything. Yeah, no, but also... I hated and, that that is the origin of C-3PO. Like, I hate that that's how it came in. Like, R2-D2 had a kind of cool origin story where you're like, oh, he just was this ex- exceptional robot, and then suddenly Princess has has her. It would make sense he would just be a, a royal robot. And also, a protocol droid. What does a slave need a protocol droid for? Like, that would be a princess, or a queen would have that. It doesn't make also, any like, sense. Help with housework. And moving... I, I don't want to spoil <laughs> so this, but, like, stupid. That's what he said. Yeah, and why are they in Tatooine? Though, yeah, but that's the thing. And moving forward with Anakin, like, the, he never once then for the rest of the series, I'm not trying to spoil things, but, like, showed, uh, showed, like, yeah, no, but I'm saying, like, he <laughs> didn't, yeah. like, anything with technology, there was nothing for it. He didn't build anything else. He no, wasn't he stopped his engineering career after. Right, that's what I'm saying. There was no other mention of it. There's nothing. There's absolutely no show of that. So why did they have to we'll, do we'll- that? We'll talk about that later, Bridget, because I'm going to stick to the, the, the time frame that we're in. I have one last, one last uh, pet peeve of this whole, of just Star Wars in general. Tatooine's supposed to be this backwater, middle of nowhere. It's not even, it's barely a part of the Republic. They're like, well, we don't have it's all the slaves. Why does everybody end up there in every sh- series? It's like, we're back to Tatooine. They're like, oh, this backwater place that nobody, are you kidding me? It gets more traffic than like O'Hare. <laughs> Have you ever been to the Cantina Bar? The band there slaps. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone oh, goes to see the Cantina Band. <laughs> They've got the best bar for scum and devilry or whatever. I have to admit, I would love to hang out. Scum and villainy. And isn't every Thursday night droid night? No, we so don't serve their. They don't kind serve their kinds. Droid. So. You all seem a little too tolerant of those draconian rules. And look, you know they have like five dollar blue milk uh, shots. I don't care what they charge for shots. Burn the place to the ground like I did with Uncle Ben's house. <laughs> so my theory, my theory for why these two droids live through all this time and and never say anything about it um, is that at some point, I assume they like come to hang out with Anakin for a while. And then at some point, as he's turning to the dark side, or maybe once he has his son, who knows where that's going. Um, once he has a son, <laughs> he is like has a plan for he's like he's gonna send him away eventually gets a plan for bringing him back and so he wipes the droids memory and then gives them a false backstory or whatever sends them to where they need to be so that somehow luke will run into them and help him on his journey 
That is a very loose theory, but it, I have to have it. <laughs> it doesn't make sense otherwise. Yeah, sounds about right. But I mean, are you like excited to watch more of this trilogy? <laughs> Honestly, yes. I yes! am way more excited about this than I was for the original trilogy. Awesome. Really? Love that. I, this I think I so might happy. be a prequels person. <laughs> yes! Yes! I'm so pumped. Somebody help me. I blew a circuit. I think Norman yeah, that blew a makes me so too. incredibly happy. Now you I could very well. Circuit. I just can't believe it. Listen, you could totally change your mind two movies from now, but in this moment, I'm just going to revel in it and I'm going to take it for what it is. Thank you. I sense a disturbance in the force, and she usually does the news. <laughs> Okay, so so give this give this film a ranking out of five. Okay, I don't remember what I ranked for the original trilogy, so I'm gonna give this ranking and then order them because I have a set order in my mind for what Do I like the most. Do it. Do it. Yeah. I'm gonna rank this as like a three point eight. I, I can't give it a four, um, <laughs> but I feel like it. three and a half is okay. too low. Fair. Um, <laughs> valid. It's a very valid rating. A four. And okay, now now the list. Give it. You to know us. what? Actually, three and a half. Three and a half. Sorry, but if I had to rank it, there we go. I still think Empire Strikes Back is the best, and then it's narrowly then A New Hope because of how well it sticks to a traditional storytelling structure and how well it carries it out, which The Phantom Menace utterly failed. (laughs) Yes, yes. But then it's Phantom Menace, and then The Jedi Returns. Return of the Jedi. I get it. I can totally understand that. Absolutely. I think that's a valid, valid. This was so fun. This was such a fun movie. Yes, it's fun. The prequels are fun films. They are absolutely fun films. It was utter insanity. Um, Yes. And there were some glaring mistakes, but it was fun. I mean, yeah, I I give it 2.5 out of 4. Um, we're doing four stars. I can't remember yeah. how five. we're doing, doing five. Or right, so two point five out of five. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, this one just is hard. It's a hard watch for me. There's moments I like, but it's like I five I'd be like Bridget falling asleep watching yeah. a lot of these scenes. So yeah. I I liked Emily's original rating three point eight midichlorian. <laughs> oh, we didn't even talk about his cholesterol levels, meaning he's a Jedi. Which, and, <laughs> I don't and, even want to go down. And the midichlorians and, and, and his mom had a virgin birth. That is the dumbest. What? Who? Why? Why did I do that? That is <laughs> they so really stupid. glossed over that. <laughs> yeah, for all those reasons, I'm putting this on a two, two out of five. I'm in. I I have like one slight memory of maybe they tried to explain that at one point in one of the series. Like, and I mean, they did. But, they tried to, but uh, even uh, then. But, but, All right, well, that is another blind spot down. Well, yes, Yes. a few. I'm thankful, Emilia. I am thankful (laughs) that you watched this film, and I am so thankful that you think you might be a fan of the prequels, just like me, versus the original trilogy. I'm glad I persevered. (laughs) You made it through the hard one. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, you did. You did. This was a bear. The rest is much better. I want to go it, much is better. It, is it though? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say much better. Not about both the films. <laughs> well, anywho's, moving on. It is the start of what many consider the holiday season with Thanksgiving. Yeah, if you're a upon... Puritan with a stick up your woozah. My gosh. <laughs> oh my Listen, okay. it's the season of bounty. This is truly like the harvest season. Bounty so it's very pagan. Yes, and it starts with Halloween. Hats off to you, sir. I agree. <laughs> Dr. Bridget, check his medication. I asked you before. Check his medication. <laughs> 
All right. With Thanksgiving upon us and the end of the year being near, maybe we should all share one piece of entertainment that we're all thankful for. This is going to be a great teaser to our upcoming end of the year best and worst lists. Thank you, Emily. I think it's a phenomenal idea, Emily. And looking forward ahead, those are going to be a lot of fun. But in the meantime, folks, all right, squad, what is one piece of entertainment that you are thankful for this year? I have, I have an answer. Yes. It's a little unorthodox, but last year I started watching Grey's Anatomy <laughs> the first time. I watched nine or ten seasons during that year, <laughs> and then um, I had to stop because it was giving me health anxiety. And then fast forward to recently, I started watching it again. It's starting to give me anxiety again, but that that is a show that I know is always there for me. It follows a set structure. It's got a very big cast of characters that becomes surprisingly easy to follow the more you watch it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's ridiculous. So you can kind of like, you know, it feels removed from reality. And even though it's very stressful at times, because the drama is always at like an 11 (laughs) out of 10. Um, it is like it is a weirdly it's a comfort show of mine mm-hmm. and i know that i would not have made it through the pandemic without it and i would not have made it through my periodic bouts of of boredom or anxiety for this year without it so grace wow. anatomy really th- thanks thanks shonda rhymes i mean i'm i'm shocked you didn't say house but honestly like what you <laughs> described about grace anatomy is like i think why so many of us gravitate towards certain shows is that it like it's a happy place it's just mm-hmm. pure comfort and it's yeah. like it, it allows mm-hmm. us to be removed from our lives yeah, yeah. that's a good choice i, I would think, have said house yeah. but season seven and eight made me not thankful <laughs> <laughs> i can see that okay well i i think for me com- coming out of the same place as emilia the piece of entertainment i am most thankful for this year is parks and rec I dove into nice. it in my really? last semester. I know I haven't spoke about it really at all. I started it in my last semester at college this year. And I mean, like I was, it was really tough trying to get through the last couple months of school, obviously still mid pandemic. It was just absolute chaos. And that show was like the one thing I could look forward to putting a smile on my face and genuinely mm-hmm. could make me laugh. And like Lucas just said, kind of take you out of the world that you're currently living in. And I am going to, to, the day I die, I will credit receiving my diploma to Parks and Recreation. So, great thank show. you. I loved thank it. you, Parks and Rec. You got me through it. Thank you, Leslie Nope. Yeah, I will I'm revisit that show. So, like, every, you know, few months, few years, I'll pop it in because it truly is like, uh, it's like your your best friends who you might bicker, but then you get you know, you end up loving each other. It just makes yeah. me happy to watch it. It's just yeah, it's just mm-hmm. one of those things that it's, it consistently will put a smile on my face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Chris Pratt is excellent in this series, as is Aubrey Plaza. And and uh, Nick's uh, Offerman. Nick Offerman is probably the best character or the best of that entire group. All I gotta say is. Those characters, those characters are amazing. Don't forget Amy Poehler. It nope. truly is a fantastic cast. Yeah, Absolutely it's fantastic. Such class. a good uh, ensemble. Uh, Norm, what about you? So, you know, we already talked about WandaVision before, so I'm going to gloss over that one because that one really did help me out, especially post-pandemic. That would uh, like be my at, second one. That would absolutely yeah. be my second um, one. But the one thing that, that um, I'm most thankful for is Among Us. 
because getting ah. to do multiplayer with my friends who, while we were social distancing, couldn't hang out and do stuff. So instead, uh, on on Discord, we would we would open up a, a, a mic chat, and you know we had rules about obviously not spoiling it and everything like that. Among us. But but drinking hard and, and and playing among us with friends really got me through the pandemic. So to all my friends out there who were who were there playing with me, thank you so much. That was the highlight of my pandemic. Well, I, for video games, I didn't even think video games. So I've been I got an Oculus because I have a new uh, VR company I'm starting up. But uh, so I've been playing with my family, Elven Assassin, through the, on the Oculus. Like my niece is obsessed with it. She like will text me like, "Can you play now?" And I'm like, "I guess I'll make time because I never get to hang out with you." But before I realized I could use video games, because honestly, playing like Norm said, interacting with people during the pandemic when you can't be face to face with them and playing games together is such a relief. It honestly make it fills me with so much joy. But before I knew I could use video games. I mean, I couldn't really narrow it down because I have so many things that I'm grateful for. You have to understand what happened this year. So, like, uh, The Foundation is is a series. Wheel of Time is a series. Dune came out. Like, a good, proper movie of Dune. It's like everything from my childhood that I cherished is now, like, accessible Mm -hmm. in mass media. And it's just like, it's, it's it's a time of plenty right now. And I think we just need to acknowledge how the streaming wars and all this stuff is just enriched so much of our lives. And I'm just, that's what I'm grateful for most. But if I had to pick one series... I would say what's going on in the Star Trek universe right now has me so excited. Because mm-hmm. it's like it's got we have Prodigy out, we got Lower Decks, we got Discovery. I've just gotten now almost through the first season. I'm actually getting into it. The Mirror Universe stuff they do is super cool in it. Um, we have Strange New Worlds coming out soon. They have all these new movies they greenlit. Like I'm such a fan of Star Trek, and the fact that Star Trek now has life in it again is just makes me so happy to boldly go where no one has gone before. Nice. This may surprise you, but the entertainment I'm most thankful for is the verse. Oh, Oh, way to get all sappy on us. (laughs) I don't understand what's going on here. I've never felt this way before. I believe it's what you call emotion. (laughs) Don't be emotional. Oh my god, stop! (laughs) Oh my god, the empathy chip, it's working. It's working. It's finally (laughs) taking. Did you finally install that? Only a highly intelligent robot, much more intelligent than you with some homicidal tendencies, who delivered the first transmissions on dirty napkins. While much of that remains true, now I also feel as if I'm part of a family. And while most of you don't like me, I often don't have the urge to murder any of you. Well, sometimes. <laughs> oh, I'll give you a little noogie. He'd like words. you for dinner. The truth comes out. <laughs> oh my god. Guys, nobody touch his processor. I just got the empathy chip working. Nobody touch it. <laughs> Wow. Well, I like this softer, cuddlier Cronsworth. Ooh, it looks like the empathy chip may be loose. Oh. You may want to run for your lives. Oh, crap. All right, well, on that note, we definitely better wrap up. So be sure <laughs> to subscribe to The Verse wherever you find your favorite podcast. And feel free to share The Verse with a friend. It is gifting season after all, folks. So give the gift of The Verse. And you also can follow Bridget Brogan, Dr. Oh, BS Where? Yeah, you can follow me, Bridget Brogan16, on Twitter and Instagram. Also, make sure to follow at the Versecast on Twitter. Well, you can follow me, Lucas Longacre, at Luconian Logic on Instagram and on Twitter. You can follow me, Norm Felker, on Twitter at random underscore white guy. 
And you can follow me, Cronsworth, that's Cronsworth with a K, on Twitter, at Cronsworth. And you can follow me, Emilia, on Twitter, at EmiliaU. Finally, there's our producer, Stephen Prusikowski, who was last seen making lightsaber noises. He can f- be found on Twitter and letterboxed as at FilmSnork. Well, there's our music. Thanks for listening. So keep sending in those questions and comments on our Twitter page, and we'll see you next time in The Verse. The Verse is presented by ScreenRadar.com and produced by Stephen Prusikowski. So, favorite Thanksgiving foods. What is everyone looking forward to chowing down this week? Obviously, the thing that you want to that I'm looking forward to the most is the main attraction, the turkey. Come on. Are you going to say like mashed potatoes or something? Wrong answer. So I agree with Norm. I always eat the leg. The leg is my favorite part. Dark but meat. What I'm correct most answer. Looking forward to is leftover turkey sandwiches. You take bread, put some mayo, <laughs> regular pieces of turkey. <laughs> slap those together. Oh, you're a mayonite. Yuck. That's my favorite. Join the mayonnaise. Leftover turkey Stuffing, sandwiches. Gravy. That's my favorite. Yeah. Emily nailed it. The, so I'm just going to say right now, the turkey is the most bland like I, piece of protein to put in the centerpiece. So you it's are about not making the sides. Right. No, no, listen. I've I've fried it. I have smoked it. I have done everything to it. It's You have to put so much into turkey to make it interesting. But do you know what's the best part? Is the stuffing. The stuffing makes the meal, plus the gravy, and and I do smashed potatoes, not mashed potatoes, so it's a little crispy hey. with it. So like, but the turkey is the vehicle for the stuffing, and the stuffing is what if you do it right, you put some sausage in there, some spicy sausages and things like that. Oh my God, you can make incredible stuffing with a good turkey. I have smoked it too as a young robot, but it damaged my mother. <laughs> <laughs> so I have two answers. One is there is this stuffing that my brother and I have made before that he got the recipe somewhere, but it is a brown butter brioche stuffing so Mm, you get these mm, big mm. hefty chunks of brioche and brown butter and it's so crispy and it is amazing and then my other answer is that i've had a lot of thanksgivings um what we what we asians typically do (laughs) at least in my neighborhood is we uh get all of the nearby chinese in the vicinity (laughs) and um we all, they're my parents' friends. It just seems like they're, all, they're like all the Asians that are around. But we, we get them all together. Someone hosts, and they make the turkey and some other dishes, and everybody else brings other dishes. It's a big potluck thing. Love and it. something that we often have there is this really good cold noodle dish that's like noodles with like chili oil and vinegar and mm. um, and like sesame. And it's really good and i remember one year i had like a slice of tiny slice of turkey because it's thanksgiving and you have to do that and because we are um all chinese like nobody really knows how to cook a turkey properly so the turkey is just like not the main attraction it's like everything else around it and i ate like i ate like a entire bowl full of those noodles and also everything else on the table there were like 16 dishes or something so but don't you worry i got the spirit of stuffing yourself until you can't eat anymore <laughs> I will try to find something like it I don't know if I have but honestly Norm I listen I'm I understand like some people who are like turkey lovers like a big old chunk of leg like I do appreciate that and like it but it's just to me one of the most bland proteins it's not anybody's you, fault but the turkey my wife makes the best turkey ever you guys have to come on over and, I would and love try to some come of it because it's spicy too 
So if you like spicy okay. food, come with come all, come hither. I'm all here well, if she it. if she's willing to share tips on her how she prepares it, because spicy turkey sounds like my jam. I've never tried adding like heat to it, mostly because my family's not into the spicy. So it's like only oh, me and my wife who'd get it. I will it. say that I did forget one item. I mean, I do love my turkey and leftover turkey, but my mother makes homemade cheesecake, and that, my Ooh, friend, yes. is what I love Sign me up. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I do homemade pumpkin pie from scratch, but one of the things I do different is I do half the the canned pumpkin because every time I do it actually from a sweet yeah. uh, sweet pumpkin, people don't eat it. But yeah. if I do if I cheat and put half of the can in it there, works. it works. Then it goes over. Yeah, yeah. I typically yeah. eat half the can as well. <laughs> the actual can. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. So that's what Cronsworth enjoys. I can't eat much being a robot, but I also enjoy a good stuffing. Yeah, awesome. good stuffing with gravy awesome. and smashed potatoes with gravy and turkey with gravy. Yeah. Love it. Everything with gravy. Yep. And don't forget pumpkin pie can with gravy. <laughs> Oil can. Yes. Is it just cool. me or is like one of the best ways to eat turkey, which I haven't done this yet, but I, I will, is uh, to eat an entire turkey leg at, at a Ren fair. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So That's for my 30th like birthday, my wife booked us uh, medieval times. We took a, a party bus, me and all of our friends, and we all <laughs> ate turkey legs while watching Knights Fight for my 30th birthday. It that. was incredible. Amazing. That's awesome. Amazing. <laughs> hmm, that sounds like fun. Fun? Wait a minute. What's going on here? I don't care for this chip you put in my back, Amelia. Curse you. No, no, don't move, Cronsworth. Don't move. Get this thing out. Stay, stay right Strong there. Strong robots also cry. Not this robot. Now, let's get this chip out right now and end the show. Happy Thanksgiving! Happy Thanksgiving, Verslings. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy thanks. Wait a minute. Ah, it's out. Let's try this again. Shove it, everyone. Ah, much better. <laughs>